This is Landon Davis. Thanks for joining me for the very first TRCI Bible Study Podcast. I'm glad that you're here. I want to give a quick overview. My goal this year is to try to do a podcast, a little Bible study over a chapter of the New Testament every weekday. So Monday through Friday, I'll try to roll out a new overview and uh, study of a chapter There are exactly as many chapters in the New Testament as there are weekdays this year. And so by the end of the year, if you listen to all the weekday podcasts, we'll have went through the New Testament. And on the weekends, I plan to regularly post on the weekends topical Bible studies. And so you'll have a good overview of what the Scripture teaches doctrinally as well. And so I hope that you'll be able to follow with me throughout this year. I pray that the Lord will give me the resolve to actually follow through and finish this project. Today is our very first weekend edition, and so we're going to talk about the Bible. Why do we even bother to study this? The Bible is, unlike any other book, it's the best-selling book. It is the most impactful book in human history. I believe even skeptics would have to agree with that. Uh, Furthermore, the Bible has been translated into more languages than any other book. And it has all the hallmarks of divine approval. It's been blessed of God from my perspective. And so what makes this book so special compared to other books? Well, let's read the Bible's claim. And I'll be doing this series using the World English Bible. Uh, It's a, a very literal translation, but it is newer language. And it follows the family of the traditional text that the King James Version comes from. And so I think it'll be interesting. Uh, If you've never heard the World English Bible, I think very highly of it. So let's go ahead and just jump right in. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 through 17 says, Every scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And that's actually where our acronym comes for this podcast, Teaching, Reproof, Correction, and Instruction, the TRCI Bible Study. That each person who belongs to God may be complete, thoroughly furnished for every good work. Second Peter 1 and 20-21 through 21 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation. For no prophecy ever came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke, being moved by the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible makes an outstanding claim. It claims that the men that wrote the prophecies, that wrote the Word of God, that they were the vessel that God was using. Just as an author writes with a pen, but his mind and his hand uh, are causing the pen to write, Uh, In a similar way, the Lord used vessels, He used men, uh, and he, He used their language, their words, but the thoughts were coming from God, and He was moving on them that they they didn't uh, speak uh, prophecy by the will of man, but holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit when they spoke, that the Scripture is actually God-breathed. And so the Bible claims that it is God's book. Uh, Jesus 
affirmed the Old Testament. That's one area where a lot of people struggle with. They like the Jesus of the New Testament, but they begin to question the Old Testament. And what you're going to find when we read through the New Testament is that it constantly cites the Old Testament. If you don't believe in the Old Testament, then the New Testament is full of holes. And uh, Jesus himself uh, gave uh, affirmation of the Old Testament in Luke chapter 24, verse 44 through 45. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, that all things which are written in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms concerning me must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds that they might understand the scriptures. So when he spoke of the scriptures, he was speaking of the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. And these were the divisions that the Hebrews used for their sacred scriptures, their Old Testament, uh, which would be, um, again, what we would consider the Old Testament today. They would simply have just called it the scriptures. And these were the divisions that were used to speak for each category of that accepted canon. And so Jesus accepted the scriptures and referred to them often and encouraged others to read and study them as well. For example, in John chapter 5, verse 39, he said, You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. And these are they which testify about me. And so the Old Testament scriptures were pointing to the coming of Jesus Christ. And so uh, even some of the outstanding stories of the Old Testament that people struggle with, we're going to approach those with faith. Um, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. He has completely transformed my life. His spirit is very real. And um, my experience, um, as well as a careful study of the scripture, has led me to believe that though the claims are outstanding, um, they're still true. There are a lot of different religious books that make outstanding claims, but usually there are obvious faults in the text. Many times they'll have characters in the wrong era. They'll reference um, events or places and they won't get the context correctly. Uh, There were many pseudo-gospels that were written years after and and tried to um, present themselves as if they were true. That's not the case uh, with the Old Testament prophets or with the New Testament apostles and the eyewitnesses. We we mentioned that um, that Jesus affirmed the Old Testament. He also confirmed and commissioned the authors of the New Testament. In John chapter 17, verse number 14, uh, Jesus is praying and he says, I have given them your word, speaking of his disciples. In verse 17, he said, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. I believe that God heard this prayer and that uh, he fulfilled this prayer, that the disciples were given the word and they were sanctified in the truth of the word. And then Jesus prayed in verse 20, not for these only do I pray, but, but for those also who will believe in me through their word. And so the disciples were expected to have not only received the Word of God and have their minds open to it, but that they were also to um, share the Word of God with others. And so the New Testament authors, they were chosen by the Lord, commissioned 
prayed over, uh, had their minds opened up, and then inspired by the Holy Ghost and sent forth. And we'll see that even in that first generation, their words of these eyewitnesses were considered to be Scripture. And Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 16, Peter said, We didn't follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. They spoke of things that they knew and they had experienced. Again, in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 2, he said, You should remember the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Notice that he was considering the words of the apostles uh, in the same category as he would the words of the holy prophets. They were to be believed and obeyed. Uh, he continues in the same chapter, verse 15 through 16. Um, he compares the words of Paul, uh, who was a later apostle of Jesus Christ, he said, regarding the patience of our Lord of salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given to him, wrote to you. Notice Paul's writings were given to him. This wisdom was given, and it seems clear by God that he was writing as he was inspired by God. As also in all of his letters, speaking in them of these things, and those there are some things that are hard to understand which the ignorant and unsettled twist, as they also do to the other scriptures. And this, he's, he's writing against people who misunderstand and misapply Paul's writings because some scripture is very hard. That's why we're taking time to study it, um, that we won't be ignorant, that we won't be unlearned and unsettled, but that we can rightly divide the truth. But he said there were people in that day who were misapplying Paul's writings just like they did other scriptures. He didn't say scripture. He said other scriptures. So he is, Peter is already considering Paul's writings to be holy scripture. And so the Bible claims to be the word of God. It was believed to be such by the apostles, by the authors who were writing God's word. It was believed to be such by Jesus Christ. And even that first generation, they had a tremendous testimony because they had seen many of these things firsthand. Uh, it was unique that the apostles, whenever they preached, they not only said, we've seen this, but they said, you've seen it as well. Uh, consider that. It's easy for someone to lie and say, yeah, I've seen this happen, uh, but it's totally different for them to tell you, yeah, you can't deny it because you've seen it happen. But that's exactly how the apostles performed their outreach. You can read this in Acts chapter 2, verse number 22. Uh, we see from contemporaries of that first generation that Jesus was a very true historical figure and um, the claims of the apostles were already known. And that leads us to another question. If the things that they wrote and the things that they claimed to believe uh, were not true, then why were the apostles willing to die uh, for a testimony? Uh, of course, they were rejected largely by the Jews because they said 
the Jews had crucified their Messiah, but also by the Romans uh, because they rejected the Romans' gods and they believed that Jesus was the king, not Caesar, that Jesus truly was the king of kings and that his kingdom was going to come and overthrow even the great Roman Empire. And so they were... they suffered and suffered tremendous poverty and then ultimately um, almost all of the apostles suffered a cruel death because of their faith but they would not recant Uh, they claimed that they had seen the resurrected Lord and knew him to be their savior and so uh, that is something that you have to wrestle with why would so many men have the same delusion if it wasn't true and why would they be willing to die with really no reward other than the reward of eternal life from their perspective but if they knew it wasn't true why would they be willing to go through all of that Uh, and we see confirmation of the truth of the life of Christ and the claims of his disciples that this wasn't something that was written years after the fact but that it actually um, was in that first generation. All of these things were actually being claimed. We can see this uh, through the historians of the time. Josephus is a great Jewish historian. He was not a Christian. He was not a believer. And he wrote, At this time there was a man who was called Jesus. His conduct was good, and he was known to be virtuous. And many people from among the Jews and other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified, and he died. And those who had become his disciples did not abandon his discipleship. They reported that he had appeared to them three days after his crucifixion, and that he was alive. Accordingly, he was thought to be the Messiah. And also, Roman historians wrote about Jesus and wrote that he was that the Jews claimed that he performed miracles and, and many of the things we believe about Jesus these were written by skeptics in total, there were nine early non Christian secular writers who mentioned Jesus as a real person, and all of these are dated within one hundred and fifty years of his death um, and This is actually the same number of secular writers. Uh, that mentioned Tiberius Caesar, the Roman emperor, uh, during Jesus' time. So you see the tremendous uh, testimony that had already been shared about Jesus and recorded. Uh, And so we have these great claims of the Bible, uh, and we've got to come to grips with that. And I think when I consider the prophecies that have been fulfilled in the Old Testament, there's very specific prophecies. Daniel prophesied about the world empires before they rose to power. There were many prophecies about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, which was a cruel punishment of the Romans. But these prophecies were prophesied in detail well before there even was a Roman empire, much less a Roman crucifixion. Jesus prophesied uh, decades before it came to pass about the fall of Jerusalem in very specific detail. Um, And even the fact that there is a nation of Israel today is a great proof of the validity of the scripture. Because all throughout the Old Testament, the prophets prophesied of a time when God's people would be regathered back into uh, the Holy Land and be restored. And this prophecy set dormant for 2,000 years, roughly. And uh, and then, uh, unique in all of human history, after 2,000 years of, of being uh, disbanded and uh, spread out all throughout Europe, 
uh, in a time when when Hitler and some of the other wicked men of that day were trying to extinguish the Jewish race. Instead, uh, they came back and the nation was restored and prophecy was fulfilled. And this is not just one random prophecy that um, you know you can really stretch to try to apply, but over and over this idea of the restoration of the nation of Israel and a remnant being restored is seen throughout the scripture through various prophets. And so we have a great record of extraordinary insight. And so I found the Bible to be true and to record things that no man could know. And so we approach the scriptures with faith. We're not going to treat the Bible like any other book because there's no other book like it. Uh, I believe that surely it had to have been authored, uh, inspired by God himself, and God made a powerful promise about the Bible because many people worry about the transmission of the scripture. How, how, how do we know that what God said has been preserved? Well, there's many um, scriptures that speak about this. Uh, Psalms chapter 12, verse 6 through 7 says, Yahweh's words are flawless words, as silver refined in a clay furnace, purified seven times. You will keep them, Yahweh. You will preserve them from this generation forever. And the Web Bible uses the term Yahweh, where the King James Bible used Jehovah. Uh, Jehovah is a very rough English um, not even really a translation of the Hebrew name for God. And the, probably the closest we could come to pronounce it in English is Yahweh. And so the World English Bible uses that pronunciation. Um, but the the bigger point here is that the, the great I Am, uh, the great God Jehovah Yahweh, spoke perfect words with no error. They were purified and then there was a promise that his words would be preserved. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 18 says, For most certainly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not even one smallest letter or one tiny pinstroke shall in any way pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. God gave his word for a purpose, and it's going to remain until everything has been accomplished. Matthew 24 and 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And so I want to encourage you on the onset of this Bible study uh, to really approach it with a hungry heart. Um, when, when we take the Bible, we've got to receive it by faith and apply those words. There's great power when we do that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12 says, For, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit of both joints and marrows, and is able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Uh, the Word of God doesn't just reveal God to us, but it will also reveal yourself to you. It, it helps us to see who we really are and see our desperate need for the Lord and for His grace. Psalms 119 uh, it tells us not only does the Word of God reveal God to us and, and reveal ourselves, our, our own faults and failures, but it also gives us direction. Psalms 119 and 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. 
And the next verse, he goes on to say that he's going to obey these righteous ordinances. And that's very important. It's not enough just to know to do good, but you have to actually follow through. The Lord cared enough to give us instructions. We've got to care enough to believe and to follow the instructions he's given us. James chapter 1 says, "For this is verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man looking at his natural face in a mirror. For he sees himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of freedom and continues, not being a hearer who forgets, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in what he does. It's not enough just to hear, but we've got to do it. You deceive yourself if you see things in the Word of God that you're not willing to put into practice. Uh, But the blessing of God comes when we have faith to obey. And so our final scripture in this very first podcast, and thank you if you've stayed with me for these 20 minutes. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, that with it you may grow. Uh, The purpose of this study is that we will grow to become more like Jesus Christ and will receive the blessings of God. We've got to have a hunger and thirst for this. We've got to long for the pure milk of the Word. Uh, This podcast is not going to have a lot of fluff. Uh, We're just going to dive right into the Word. And if if you will really pray and have an open heart, and an open mind, uh, you'll see that the Word of God is unlike any other words. There is tremendous life-giving power in it. Let's pray together right now in conclusion. Lord, I pray that you would touch my eyes, help me to see your truth in your Word, touch my ears that I can hear your Word, touch my heart, O God, that I can receive it, touch my mind and my will, Lord, that I'll be willing to obey it. I ask that you would bless, that you would lead, that you would guide. I pray over everyone that's listening that this word would be edifying to them and that you would give us a a clearer understanding of your perfect plan for each of our lives. Help us to see you as you really are. Help us to see our desperate need for you, Lord. I love you. I honor you, Lord. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, be blessed and thank you for listening.